fished. We fished. Max, um, I asked you. Sim looked good. I was telling Dave All right. Klein. Yeah, I um, I interviewed Dave Klein and I told him that you were the most wonderful Pennsylvania Dutch teacher ever. But unfortunately, I forgot a lot of it. So I've got to come back to you and get some more skills because it's um, it's fading. I don't talk to anybody, you know. Yep, it's a hard I know. Time. Use it or lose it. That's very true. Use it or lose it. Yes. Keith Brinsenhoff, welcome to Big Mama Hex podcast. It's so nice to have you here today. Thank you for taking the time to join us. You are a very special person in our culture and also our community and a very special and dear friend to myself and my husband. So welcome. Thank you. And you have a great husband. You know what, Rachel? <laughs> Honestly, I think you have almost as good taste in your spouse as Hunter does in his spouse. <laughs> so kind. I was wondering where that was going to go because, you know, it's been a long, long 10 months. Is it nine months? I don't know. It feels like 10 years. It's been a long, long time because we're very independent. We like to get away and have a little break, you know, like go anywhere other than right in front of each other. <laughs> it's been a rough time, but we're doing yep. okay. We survived, right? It beats the alternative. Indeed. And, you know, if marriages can survive this quarantine, I'm, I'm like really impressed. It's a lot. It's a lot of time together. <laughs> it is. It's so nice to have you, Keith. So tell me, let's start off with what have you been up to over, our, over these past couple of months? I know you usually are very active and doing a lots of gigs and making lots of appearances and making everyone's heart so filled with entertainment and joy. And you're, you're usually such a, such a, uh, what is it called? A, a runabout or a ritzer? I don't know. You must have a word for it. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere. Well, speaking How are chronologically, you doing? Yeah, I'm doing bars. Speaking chronologically, way back in, um, when was this? June? I did two different 15-minute video segments for the Folk Festival, which was yes. online as much as possible this year. I also did one for the Redbridge Fiddle Festival, at which I'm a judge, and uh, that was way back then. And about a month ago, I had my first performing job since February, and wow. I had three of them in about a week and a half, and they were all very safe. They were all outdoors, awesome. masks on the other people, et cetera, et cetera. So no problem there. And then I have to rooch over you know that word, rich? <laughs> yes, I love. I say go rich, right? I tell my son all the time. I'm not sure if I sent you this, but yes, I, I was going to ask you next. Woo! I actually got one yep. from the Heritage Center. I'm so excited for you. Um, Keith was was named Hiva Vitrava 2020 Artist of the Year. So exciting and so so well earned. You're an incredible guy and just so charitable uh, with the community, giving us so much enjoyment and, and, and joy and entertainment. So tell me about that. How was that? It was wonderful. I got an, yeah. uh, an email from Patrick Dunmore months ago with uh, asking if I would do an interview. I said, sure, no problem. So he sent me a whole list of questions. And then I had to do some serious thinking because I had to answer everything in Pennsylvania Dutch. Yes. And some of the words I haven't used in years, if if ever. Wow. So about 20 questions. I thought, no big deal. And then uh, to my surprise, not only did he put all the questions in the Hiva Vidriva, but he put my picture as the comedian, the Professor Schnitzel imitation, on the cover. 
So I've got lots so of more awards and certificates, but this is really neat. Uh, some people wouldn't recognize me in disguise there, but you know, <laughs> that's mostly what I've been up to is everything that I told you so far, except uh, our church, St. John Susie C. in Kutztown, has been doing online services for a half a year or more. Oh, nice. So every Sunday, yep, every Sunday I do. And the neat thing about that is that the three pictures on there are my three different main costumes, which is yes. uh, Dr. Ritzelsuch, a comedian, uh, my vest and hat as a performer, and my suspenders and uh, old time shirt as a teacher of Pennsylvania German. Yes. And I did just almost forgot that reminded me of I just finished teaching a, another eight week class up in Kempton for the Albany Township Historical Society. And oh, wow. we had eight students live, but with masks and separated in their beautiful building and four online via Zoom. So that was the first time I did that. And that was pretty neat. That's very cool. Oh, that's pretty much it. Yep. I keep yeah. busy. That's awesome, Keith. And I'm so happy to hear that you're keeping yourself busy because I know it's really hard as a creative, especially, you know, we thrive off of vending events and we love to interact with the folk and get to know what they're interested in. And it really feeds the art, you know, so it's very difficult to not have that exchange. So I'm glad to hear you're doing well. And you're keeping yourself active. Um, I did want to mention, what did I want to mention? Oh, Keith was my Pennsylvania Dutch teacher at, um, not see, I forget, at the, at the right, what's it called now? Burke's Historical Center? The Burke's County Heritage Center. The Burke's Heritage Burke's Center. County Heritage Center. Yes, and that was such a wonderful class. And the thing that I'll tell you about Keith's teaching style that I really enjoyed, because I am, I am a hard sell for learning new things, to be honest, especially languages. Oh, yeah. um, you were frozen <laughs> there. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, um, I was saying that it's a hard sell for me to learn new things, uh, especially languages. So the thing that I liked about the way you taught was it was conversational Deutsch. And I think that's really important because as you were mentioning in answering the questions, a lot of times, you know, I think a way to keep the language alive is definitely through conversation and not get so, so like held, um, what's the word I want, um, held back by needing to know everything, like needing to write it and read it and everything. But I think conversationally, it's a really nice way for us to keep it alive and keep it going and to learn bits and pieces in that way, which I really like the way you presented that. So very good. I wish I could say it in touch. Thank you. That's my philosophy too. And yeah. uh, my philosophy matched, my philosophy matched with, uh, I took two different classes myself, one from the Reverend Druckenbrod, who was president of the Pennsylvania German Society, and his was very grammatically oriented, and I did not like that. And then I took one from Eric Stegel, who was uh, given at night at Albright College, my alma mater, and uh, he was a retired German teacher from Ephrata, and his was conversationally oriented, which yeah. is how I modeled my class afterwards, and I, I loved it. And an interesting sidelight to that class there was an older lady and a younger lady who were friends who took the same class that I did. Why did they take that? Because <laughs> they were involved in school and school politics. And mm. in those days, this was 25, 30 years ago, when the guys on the school board wanted to talk about something that they didn't want the public to know, they switched to Pennsylvania Dutch. <laughs> wow, that's such a good story. Oh my gosh, can you believe that? That's so funny. Yeah, so that's why they took the class. That's such a riot. And I'll tell you what else happened in your class that I thought of this morning when I was sort of thinking about what we were going to talk about. I came up with the Davy Applebutter character during class. I was doodling. 
so that was a nice it was nice because it you know it was like flooding myself with the Pennsylvania Dutch experience during your class and it was a nice time and the other really cool thing that Keith would do um was play music for us that was a lot of fun that was a really nice experience and then subsequently when you were teaching at Kutztown I came and visited a couple times to your classes and you'd bring in artists and and musicians correct right and that was a really nice experience for those students I still hear from them sometimes and they'll say to me, yeah, I saw you at Keith's class. And it's so nice to hear that, you know, you do a really nice, well-rounded Klaus, 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 Santa Klaus. Um, you do a nice, well-rounded class. That was Dutch, spoken like a native class. I'm getting there. I, I always make jokes, especially with Patrick. I'll say, you know, I'm like um, an Oli Valley Valley girl because I just can't get the accent. I try, but in our home, we have a couple things that we say. And I just love, it makes my heart so happy when my kids say it on their own just naturally it makes me really happy so well backtracking to what you just said yes you can't isolate language if you do mm -hmm. it'll be dead it's part yes. of culture folklore history music especially because you have instrumentals but most songs have words and there you go that's it there we learned so much Deutsch from this and that's that's an incredible point to make especially because you're a musician and i'm an art teacher and I think you're a music educator as well, right? Did you do some teaching, I think, besides? Uh, I did, actually, I did a lot of subbing uh, in uh, local schools, including Kutztown, Brandywine, Oli, Fleetwood, Schuylkill Valley, uh, for elementary music uh, in nice. Kutztown, Brandywine for middle school music, and at nice. Kutztown, even for high school music. Even oh, though I'm awesome. not a classically trained musical musician, uh, but I knew most of the teachers in Kutztown, Brandywine, and they liked awesome. having somebody in there who was a teacher and knew what they were doing. So Yeah, and a musician. That's so cool. But what I was saying, too, is, is that learning a language through music, as well as immersion, obviously, in the culture, is an incredible way to learn. And my son and I know this whole, and my daughter as well, uh, we know this whole album back and forth because our only CD player is in the car, so we used to listen to it. And it's really helpful for folks out there listening um, get a copy of the CD. Um, another one would be the Broken Spokes. They have some Pennsylvania Dutch songs. And I don't know if Peter French has a CD, but I'm not sure if it's, it's probably poetry read aloud, correct? I think so. Right, it's spoken. Yes. It's uh, yes. poems and things like that. But still, yeah, I mean, it's a great way. What's weird, what's weird, unusual coincidence, is Peter and I were good friends and high school classmates at Brandywine in the same class. That is so cool. I don't know how I know that if I know that through you or through, I think I don't know how I know that, but that's incredible. I wanted to ask you about that because unfortunately, uh, Peter has passed away. Um, it's it must be going on a couple of years now, two years or so. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah and, um, Christmas time because uh, I found out about it when I did my my one show for the first kind of heritage center, Grings Mill. So it would be almost exactly two years. Wow. And I never got a chance, the honor to meet him, but I've seen his work and, and the profound effect he had on our culture as well. An incredible oh, yeah. body of work and a multi-talented, just like yourself, multi-talented artist. He did the poetry, the Schoenschnitte, the eggs, yep. which I don't know what is properly called, but, um, and also was involved in music as well. Yeah, so you well, had he lifelong was, friends. Yeah, and uh, he, you would appreciate him more than most people because you know how good an artist he was in the different forms of mm -hmm. art that he did. And oh, he yeah. started out uh, 
playing piano by ear, and he was director of the minstrel shows they used to have at Brandywine for many years. Oh. And he played for the, all the people to sing, and he played piano by ear. And then he kind of gave that up. Uh, he had one of the biggest collections of music boxes around, which they sold uh, at oh. an auction. But then at the end, he got into the hammered dulcimer, which is not the easiest instrument to play, but it's like eating potato chips. Once you start, <laughs> you can't give it up. What a great way to explain it. That's so cool. That's really cool, Keith. Actually, the dulcimer, when I was growing up, my dad had a dulcimer. And my dad has since, he lives in Florida, but he's since become a big fan of yours and, and Dave Pye. And, and, and I just love sharing with him the dulcimer. And he also had gifted me one, one year. Um, an auto harp and then seeing you play the auto harp it's just really neat he's very very musical and i thought wow this you just reminded me so much of that special time and those special instruments you know so, so when you had said dulcimer was it a mountain dulcimer or a hammer dulcimer i don't really know i will have to ask him i would have to look back in the archives <laughs> it's a very long time they ago, are but. they are completely different instruments it's hard because it's like that, that missing piece for me that I've tried to re um, sew back together. Um, you know, you all have done such a wonderful service to me and my family and to many families, I'm sure, to help us piece that back together. So thank you um, for being a contemporary artist and musician that's giving us this gift that we can carry on these traditions that maybe there was a gap, which there was for my family. So it's neat to have these songs and for us to know all these songs now. And I adore this CD so much. I know I've gushed about it before but you and your wife the cd i don't know how long ago it was because i accidentally got pain on it. but this is one of our favorites it's a classic i just love this so much and i know this is a project you've done and then also the toad creek du toad creek i don't want to say duo okay, tell me about your other what is toad it Ramblers. yes I, I apologize the copy nope, that kicked in so that's a project you've been doing for a while and dave klein specifically instructed me to ask you about barn dances because he thought of them so fondly with you. So I'm asking you about barn dances because I didn't know about them. <laughs> okay, well, they are a local custom. We call yeah. them hoedowns and hoedowns are similar but not the same as square dances. A lot of kids would have square dancing lessons in school, in public schools, and uh, the age they were, most of the boys hated it until <laughs> they got older. and. Uh, I'll go off track a little bit here and tell you when when uh, we were kids, I have a younger brother, a year and a half younger than me, our parents would go every Saturday night somewhere to a hoedown, especially Aww. in Lenhartsville, mm -hmm. uh, what's now Humboldt's Dance Land, or what's yeah, Humboldt's Dance Land, Humboldt's Restaurant. Anyway, so as a kid, you can imagine, I was drugged along every Saturday night, and I hated it. <laughs> I hated it until I was about in 10th grade, maybe, and I realized two things. Number one, <laughs> I knew most of the dancers from sitting there watching them all those years. And number two, even more important, I could dance with girls. Yeah. So all of a sudden, hey, this might be interesting. And then uh, so cool. I got back into it when I was in college when uh, a friend of mine, who you know, I think, Lucy Muth, uh, yeah. I was having a party and asked me to call some hoedowns. Well, I had to scrape together a tape or a CD or whatever they had in those days for some music. And I actually danced while I called, which is more like work and wow. takes some of the fun out of it. But yeah, wow. anyway, so then I thought, hey, this could be interesting. So 
I was teaching at Brandywine at the, in those days, fifth grade, sixth grade, and I, I started a folk music hold-on club. Wow. So I could practice on the kids, <laughs> which <laughs> I did. And I learned a lot. I went to other hoedowns and stuff myself. And then, uh, of course, the whole situation in the area here, when the work is done in fall, you want to relax and have some fun because you work that hard in the harvest time. Mm -hmm. So you would clear out space in the barn. If it was still a working farm, which many were, then you'd get some musicians and a caller and invite all your friends and neighbors. Everybody would bring food and maybe they'd buy a quarter barrel of beer or whatever, have, and they'd have some music and some fun and it would be just a blast. And I've probably done in my life probably a couple hundred of them, mm -hmm. uh, although none lately, obviously. Right. And uh, they are a lot of fun. And sometimes I've played, sometimes uh, I've danced, but most of the times I've called lately. So I like to do all three, but I can't do all three at the same time. <laughs> so I'm surprised you can't figure it out. Yep. And barn dances, they're called barn dances for the obvious reason. They're held in right. barns, but they're held yeah. in fall after the harvest is over. That's and so cool. Nobody knows why it's called a hoedown except for the kind of obvious simplistic explanation. Well, when work is all done, you put down your shovels and your rakes and your hoes and you lay the hoedown and you have a party. So that's, so cool. that's as much as we can find out. Yeah, that's really neat. So he, he told me that a lot of people can trace the way that they met their partner through a hoedown. Huh? Right. Is that how you right. met your wife? No, heavens no. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long, involved, scary story, which okay, I can you tell you, but you don't have some other time. <laughs> she's an amazing singer. So, so tell me about this project. How long did you two work together, singing and performing? Uh, oh, we, uh, well, I forget how long ago it was, but she helped me for probably maybe eight, ten years. Nice. And then she kept getting bigger and better and more important jobs. So finally she yeah. said, well... This is your thing, and I have my full-time job, so uh, she gave it up. And uh, the picture is from uh, uh, outside of a house of a friend of, of ours, uh, whose name I can't think of. She did beautiful colonial-type uh, frock tour, and she gave oh, us wow. one for, for our wedding. And I, she lived down towards Valley. And nowadays, for the last many years, she does the reenactment of, uh, oh, the lady that lived on the mountain, uh, oh, Mount Mary, Mount Mary, oh. uh, uh, in person. And she looks and acts and talks just like her. Um, and I don't know why I can't think of her name, but the picture was taken at her house. Is this the woman that so, did it at the Heritage and Center? The she, she the woman that dressed yep. up at the Heritage Center? Oh, different person. Yes. Oh, I have to find yes, out who yes, this yes. Oh, that's the same person. I'm sure you. I'm sure you recognize her, and you yeah. might even know her name because I can't remember it. I know, you know her name. That's what happens when you get old. Yeah, same to me because I know who you're talking about. If it's the same person from the Heritage Center, I've heard her name before, so I can reference that and then add it in because that's very cool. I didn't realize that she had been uh, an artist as well. I just I oh, love excellent. this album so much. This is a classic for us and. Like I said, for myself and my kids, it's just such a nice way to learn the language too, because you know, song is a neat way to learn the language. So um, I always, well, I always really enjoyed it. I'm just glad there are lots of people, including a young chick like you, promoting this culture. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Did I offend you? I, I'm, no, I'm sorry I'm if I called you the young chicken. I, I'll take it. I'm so happy to hear that. My goodness, I feel like I'm 80 right now. <laughs> no, it's all relative. Yes, indeed. That's very true. That is very true. I'll tell you that. I think Hunter might outlive me, though. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'm not doing so good, Keith. This has been hard for me, but I appreciate that you saying that, and it's so important, and especially because I mentioned my gap with my parents. Um, I think there's a whole a whole group of people that want to reconnect, and it's nice to have people that have so much um, so much uh, what's like a foundation in the actual culture because you grew up here. Did you grow up in Lyons? Oh yeah. Yes. So you are Mark? the quintessential Pennsylvania Dutch man. So you've been here, and you can help us all, and you're very giving and and helpful, and um, always very very entertaining. Very entertaining. We never leave a hall show not not smiling, you know. Good. Yeah, we really appreciate it. I'd like to ask you also about um, your shop because I know Dave even mentioned it that he thinks he probably met you there. And I know a lot of people have mentioned Keith's shop and I never had the chance to go there, but I know you had a music shop in downtown Cookstown, right? Right. It was actually, there were two different locations where I started. It was right above a local hotspot landmark named Shorty's Bar. And <laughs> I was there for many years. And then uh, I moved during the one winter when we had all the terrible snowstorms mm. down to uh, on the corner, just half a block down. And uh, it was called Pennsylvania Dutch Hobbies and Music. It was about half hobbies, typical hobbies, and half music. And then oh, I had yeah. a Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Dutch corner. And to me, Personally, the neatest thing was I got to meet all kinds of neat, interesting people in all those three areas. So mm. I loved it. And I did, did fine. I gave a lot of lessons until 9-11. 9-11 did me in like it did many other businesses then. Yeah. So that's the way it went. Yeah. I didn't realize you were doing lessons too. That's neat. Yep. Uh, I peaked at about about 35 students i think wow on different different instruments yes i met dave klein in the first location he came in one day selling advertising for the reading eagle and <laughs> we started talking and yada 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 and <laughs> he wound up going along with us on our one of our tours in germany to perform yeah and that was it that's all it needed he got bitten by the book <laughs> yeah that's what he attributed his connection to his pennsylvania dutch culture to you and he said, it right. really started when I met Keith. That's when it really started. And I went on tour with him. And he said, even though it was such a big part of who I am, I hadn't connected right. with it. So like, that's just such a neat story to hear. But it's fun to hear. He's, you two crack me up. You two are very funny. And it was just funny to hear him talking about you. Because just yep. really fun, I, fun people. I really have to thank him. I really have to thank him for a bunch of different things. Uh, performing jobs. And one of the the big post I have a Pennsylvania Dutch night before Christmas uh, done by an, an Amish man from Shillington. He called me about that. But he also gave me one of my biggest compliments. A couple of years ago, we were on the Hoedown stage uh, Friday night for the Friday night shindig, the showdown at the Hoedown, as we called it. <laughs> and he, he was introducing and he gave a long spiel, a few minutes long about Pennsylvania Dutch history and culture and so on and so forth. And I'm sitting there thinking, holy crap, this is really good. So after he was done, I said, Dave, 
that was really, really good. I'm really impressed. That was all accurate. And he looked me straight in the eye and said, well, it should be I learned most of it from you. <laughs> oh, that's neat. Oh, that's so cool. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. Um, things like that really make me feel good and impress me. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've always been one of my favorite people. We moved here in, about six years ago, and I sort of was catapulted into the, the, uh, the Pennsylvania German Cultural Heritage Center scene because we were doing right. vending events. And you were always a very, very kind and friendly person. And and I think you and your um, cousin, New Hunter, from back in the day or whenever, I don't know, longer than I've been around, but, um, you know, one of the many, many people that were just so kind to me and so open. And, you know, I'm, you know, I don't present as somebody that's uh, the typical Pennsylvania Deutscher, you know, and I just appreciate that so much that you've always been so kind to everyone, really. I think that the Heritage Center is a special place because a lot of people come there that don't know much and the people that are there vending or volunteering are always so kind and so, so gentle with ex the experience so that people don't feel uh, put off or, or in any way. Um, I could have felt very intimidated. I had felt intimidated at other events, but never, never at that event. And that's a big part because of the kind of spirit you have and, and the other folks like Dave as well. And, um, the good people that volunteer at the Heritage Center and all our wonderful artisans and craftspeople. And it's just a really nice, nice feeling. And, you know, we were really missing the Folk Fest this year for that same reason, because it's kind of like summer camp and you get together with all your friends and catch up. It's, it's a wonderful community. And, you know, I, I think of you and um, I think of Dave as well as, as real pillars and uh, leaders in the community, as far as the educating and also just the, the kindness and the welcoming spirit. So thank you for all you do. You're welcome, and you arrived by the Heritage Center there. It's fantastic. Yeah. And we are so lucky. For the last few years, we've had two of the best people running it, yeah. Patrick John Moya and Naomi Pauly, and they do a fantastic job. But they do. all the volunteers and the vendors mm -hmm. and uh, all the knowledgeable people, they're authentic and accurate and friendly and helpful. Yeah, I love all the events on there, uh, Easter Me on the too. Farm and Hamlet Fest and Christmas on the Farm. And I just taped about 45 minutes of songs uh, for the online Christmas on the Farm this year. Oh, good. That's exciting. So that's where people can catch your act. Is it, yep, yep. Is it mostly music? None of the jokes? <laughs> yep. It's mo no, no, there's some jokes in there too. Oh, of course. Good, Are of you course. kidding? Naturally. A, a performance without any jokes? That. Come on, Rachel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, that's uh, exciting. Uh, if, you probably never heard my one song, but it's, uh, you will appreciate more than most people. It's my <laughs> Pennsylvania Dutch English version of Feliz Navidad. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're going to freak out. That's my son's favorite song. He yeah. is obsessed with Feliz Navidad. I can't wait to hear it. We're going to have to have it on repeat. He's going to be in love with it. That's so cool. I can't wait to hear it. That's I don't know what, cool. what time, but it'll be the first Saturday, which is December 5th and yes. December as usual. So you'll Very take, good. contact the Heritage Center and see how they're going to schedule all the, the, all the uh, videos. Oh, I can't wait to see that. He's going to be so excited. That's his favorite song. Speaking of the Heritage Center and Christmas on the Farm, do tell Keith Fritzenhoff used to be our resident of Belschnickel, the Belschnickel for many years, right? right? And you right. sent me a very cool picture of you dressed up. Tell me about that role and how that, how that um, came to be. How did you end up being the Belschnickel? Well, Dr. Dave Valeska, who is a retired uh, history professor from KU, uh, helped start the thing, and he was in charge of a lot of it. And 
the first guy they got to play was more like the oh the old type almost religious uh leader type uh Oh, he wasn't really a Belschnickel. He was more right. Father Christmas or something like that. So Dave asked me if I could do something like that. Said, sure, I have to get some clothes together. So he loaned me an old beaten up gray coat, which actually was a Confederate Civil War long coat. Wow. He has an excellent collection of Civil War stuff because he is one of the world experts on the Civil War, especially the Battle of Gettysburg. And then he, his wife, loaned me one of her old, almost worn out mink stoles. <laughs> so that's Perfect. part of my costume. Yeah, that's all so you anyway, need, right? <laughs> I, did it, I did it there for a few years. I got the accurate stuff uh, moving. And then right. I went to uh, Chicago to work at the Chris Kindlemark in Chicago, where I ran the souvenir stand there for my German friend for four years. And when I came back, I told Patrick, I said, I won't be there. You can do it, but let me know if I can do it again when I come back. Okay, sure, no problem. I came back. The powers that be said, nope, Patrick's <laughs> doing it, so I couldn't do it. Well, then what? Well, then I'll do Christmas songs, which is yeah. a lot less makeup <laughs> and almost as much fun. So that's the way it went. But I've been doing it five, six times a year for the last umpteen years, some private, some public. Last year I was at Emmaus. Did oh, their nice. Christmas show in Emmaus, and that was pretty neat. But of course, this year, zero. Yeah. <laughs> so, Do you mean anyway, for the yeah, past couple of years? Belschnickel's old custom. You've still been Pardon? dressing up like Belschnickel the past couple of years for Emmaus. Yeah, oh, cool. Yep. I thought I wasn't yeah. sure if it was that or the Christmas music. That's very cool. I'm excited to hear that because the whole tradition, uh, it, technically, is it called Belschnickling, where people in the neighborhood used to go around, right? Yeah. 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 Just like any other custom, there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes, uh, yes. I know in Lancaster, 50, 75 years ago, a lot of teenage kids would dress up slobby and mm. go around picking on people, especially kids. Oh, it got boy. so bad, they had a band, the police had a band to practice there because, you know. Wow, I've never do. heard that. Yeah, that's awful. Some of my, uh, some of my friends and so on, in fact, uh, you know the, the two vets, uh, the, the, the vet, uh, the vet uh, oh, the veterinarian place, Silver Maple. Uh, mm -hmm. His one brother is a dentist. And when I was in there years ago, he said, yeah, his uncle used to come around to their house and he would dress up and he would be drunk and he was mean and nasty to the kids. And it just ruined his, I don't know if it's his sister's Christmas for most of the rest of her life. Oh, you know, wow. That's not that's, what it's yeah, to be. sure. That's, I've heard stories like that where people were terrified of them. Um, did you, as a child, were you ever, did you ever experience a Belschnickel coming around nope. when you were a kid? No, nope. it had been long gone by then, huh? For the most part, yeah. And yeah. you know, you need, you need people to do it. Now I'll tell you, one of the years I did it at the Heritage Center, uh, I do it two or three times every Christmas on the farm. And between doing it, I would take a break, walk around outside, and go visit some friends who worked in the kitchen. And one year I went in there and started talking to the one lady, old, old lady friend of mine, and she's told me this. She said, you know, Keith, I was 12 years old until I finally realized that 
every time the bell struggle came, my father wasn't there. <laughs> can you believe that? Yes, I Made can. Well enough so that, so that her, she would recognize her father. Oh, that's my cell phone. Just thinking with it. I will I'll get fine. it later. It's a little background music. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's well, funny. Well, I guess it was just so exciting. You're not really thinking about who else is around. Because, you know, when you're a kid, it's really just all about you, right? <laughs> right, right, right. That's so and fun. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, misinformation about Bell Sniggles, too. And uh, yeah. the thing is, you know, a lot of people think Bell. Well, it's not a Bell. It has nothing to do with Bells. And I know that specifically, uh, when I teach this, uh, a lot of the consonants are switched from German to English. One they have second. a lot of K's. Mm -hmm. Take your time. Like a lot of consonants are switched, like K's uh, mm -hmm. uh, in in German may become CHS in Dutch. Uh, B's and P's were switched a lot. And I know that's partly because of pronunciation, because how many times have I heard my parents' friends say, well, Prinzenhof, be bist. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. a P and it should be a B. Right. So B should be a P. And pretzel, right? And pretzel, oh, for pretzel. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, that's another one. I yep. do know something. <laughs> you are. You're not just another pretty face. <laughs> so, so, okay, anyway. How much time do you have? I could keep you around all day. Okay. <laughs> I, so, I like uh, the compliments. <laughs> for some reason, I seem to have a lot of time on my hands. I don't know why. Right. But, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so if you switch the B to a P, it becomes pelts. Well, yes. that's like the English word pelt which is an animal skin, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's the first part of it. So when you're dressed up, now it's winter time, it's Christmas, and you're outside a lot of the time, so you need something warm. So you wear a pelt. It can be uh, a skin, a coat, a shawl, or whatever you want to call it if a guy wears it, a hat, which I have a fur hat too. And the other part is, is a nickel. Well, nickel is a short version of Nicholas, mm -hmm. Saint, as in Saint Nicholas. So literally, the Belch nickel is the furry, Santa Claus or the furry Saint Nicholas and that's the history it was done a little bit over in the planet in Germany not nearly as much as it was over here like many other customs sure so that's the explanation I love it what about the Christkind why don't we have that here Christkind. like the Germans do she's yeah, so beautiful the, that's much more German as, a, as opposed yeah. to Dutch and it's uh uh, over in Germany, uh, some of the, well, you have to backtrack and think what it was like over there a few hundred years ago. Mm. There was a lot of religious squabbling, fighting, yes. killing, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And some of the customs were eliminated or banned or whatever uh, in different places. And one of them was... Uh, the president for uh, Chris Kendall, uh, whatever they had there before, which I don't remember, they thought it'd be nicer to emphasize more sacred stuff. So they said the Christ child, the Chris Kendall. Mm -hmm. Now, over the years, that evolved too. Mm -hmm. When I was in Chicago at the Chris Kendall market, they had, uh, oh, it wasn't Chris Kendall. Oh, what's Chris Kendall? Chris Kendall? Chris Kendall, I think it was. But now she's a tall, beautiful, yeah. long-haired, blonde female. Yeah. Not exactly how you picture the Christ child, right? <laughs> so the way things change over time sometimes is weird. 
But yes. you know, it started as a strictly religious thing about Christ and then evolved into this modern, big, blonde-haired female. Yeah. Who knows? That's really interesting. I know things things evolve, right? And they yep. change. Um, let's see, what else? Um, as I've said, while you're thinking, as I've said many times, us old people don't like change, no. except from vending machines. <laughs> <laughs> it's really true. But you know what? And, and you know what I really like about you too, Keith, is that you're, you're very steeped into tradition and, and very well-versed in, in our traditional culture and the tradition of the language. Um, but as a human, you're very equitable, um, charitable, and also, you know, progressively minded. And I really value that because we've had some, 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 some trouble a little bit sometimes with people that are really stuck in, in their old ways and maybe back about 50 years mentality wise. And, and it's tricky, especially for a culture that's a, a living, breathing culture that's alive and a folk culture that's supposed to be evolving and, and being aligned with the folk you know, we're carrying it on our backs and it should reflect our, our values, not the values of 50 years ago, hundred years ago, 300 years ago. And I really value that in you and Dave as well. He's another fellow who I've always felt very comfortable. And, um, I, I just know a little bit more about your personal beliefs and I, and that makes me really proud and happy to have someone so steeped into tradition, but also meeting us in a very progressive and where we are now modern way and, and carrying that through our folk life experience and giving that experience to the people that come to the Heritage Center, particularly because that's where we both vend a lot and the folk fest as well, you know? So that's something that I really value a lot as, in you as an individual, because that means a lot to me, you know, because that's something that's a tough, it's tough and I, and I struggle with that a lot, having been kind of thrown into this sort of sometimes a culture that's a, a bit behind the times in certain ways and and folk that are behind the times and it's become a sticking point for me because i'm a very modern person i grew up in a very modern kind of family and that's tough and people like you make it feel better and feel like that gap is is bridged and that, that's what i look to as 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 a great model of how to how to bring tradition and modern life and, and marry the two together in a harmonious way, you know? So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you very much. Could you write a long letter for my wife? <laughs> Anytime. I know. Same for you. Tell Hunter what a great person I am because right now he's just like had enough. <laughs> oh, no problem, Rachel. Like I said before, I think you had almost as good a taste in men as he had in women. <laughs> We do okay. We're, you know, it's interesting because speaking of this, like, kind of, you know, um, tension, we, there's a lot that we don't have in common about, you know, very many things, um, <laughs> very, very surface things, but also just like the way we were brought up. He was raised in Virginville. I was raised in Bucks County. Uh, even though my family's all from here, my mom had to get out and um, very different upbringing. But, you know, that's the thing about tolerance and acceptance and love is you don't have to necessarily agree on everything but you have to have your ethics and sticking points where you just can't, you know, remove that, that feeling. But, you know, it's hard because I tell Patrick all the time, I don't know how he deals with a lot more than I have to. That sort of um, old way of thinking, you know, he, he faces that a lot more than I do. And I always say to him, I don't know how you keep your composure and walk that line because it's really tricky. So I do, I do think about you often because I, I know that side of you and, and I really appreciate that and that you're such a pillar in our community and you have those 
strong sense that strong sense of self and also um, ethics in our modern world. So, <laughs> thank you. Okay. <laughs> thank you. And also your cousin and um, he and uh, why am I blanking on on um, her name? <sighs> Illustrator Kathy. Kathy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Breezy is not my cousin, like many he's people think. Cousin? I mean, he's my cousin. A lot of people think oh. he's my brother, but he's not. No, he's I know it's your cousin, Philly. Yeah. Uh, do I get a yep. star? Do I get a star? Yes. <laughs> On my and Kathy card? is. I and love Kathy. Kathy is artistic, just like you. Yep. Oh my gosh, Kathy was my MFA. I don't know what it's called even. It's so far in the past, but she she came and observed my MFA and gave them the report. She's a wonderful. She's so incredibly talented. Yep. Such a wonderful person. And Breezy and, and Hunter know each other. And, you know, we just really enjoy. Um, but it's really funny, though, with the humor, because I told Dave Klein, I said, you've cornered the market on the dad jokes. You really have. You're very good. And he said, yeah, I could probably just request. I know all the jokes so well. I could just say, oh, you know, just tell number four. Just tell number four again. I thought that was really funny because it's like um, coming from you, it's really funny. But like when I hear my dad tell dad jokes, it's Actually, you remind me a lot. Uh, my dad is a funny guy and also very musical, but um, you know, it's just not funny from him. It's funny from you. <laughs> and he is—he is the one that gave me my unofficial nickname. More than once, he's called me the Prince of Puns. <laughs> Prince of Puns—that's so good. I love it. Hey, listen, what inspired you to become a musician? Because this is a question I asked Steve, and his answer is very interesting. And I'm very interested in what inspired you. Well, you asked. Excellent questions, and they well, boy, used to go back a long while. Yeah, uh, that's what we want. Well, it was literally by accident. Uh, when I went to Albright College, I was uh, a sophomore, and on my way home uh, in Breezy Corners, I got hit by an empty new car carrier truck. Turned the car over two and a half times, wound up upside down on my younger brother's prom night. And they took me to the Reading Hospital. I have no recollection of any of this. And fortunately, I survived. I saw pictures of the car already. It's amazing. Wow. It was, I was using my dad's uh, Nash Rambler. And people who knew said, any other car, I wouldn't be here. Uh, so what happened well i had a body cast on from my neck to my waist for 12 weeks in the summer wow. oh my gosh fortunately i had a job at the bank in topton where i lived in topton and it was air conditioned so i really looked forward to going to work <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. what are you going to do when you come home from work with a body cast on <laughs> so well my younger brother had learned to play guitar so uh, he taught me a couple things and I could practice guitar like that. And so I just practiced and then when the cast came off, I kept playing and so on, so forth. And uh, he and his friends started a band and uh, his high school buddies. So I joined in uh, playing rhythm guitar. And uh, that led to other instruments. And when I was teaching, I took a class down at, I think it was through George Washington University. It was at a uh, a women's college on the other side of the Potomac from DC. And uh, we had to do a paper in the summertime, right? So three week class or six week, I forget, I think it was three weeks. What can I do a paper on that has never been done for that class? Pennsylvania German folk music. Nice. Okay, 
So mm -hmm. I started doing that, collected some records. Remember records? Yeah, I sure do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so on and so <laughs> forth. And then I had gotten a banjo and learned to start to learn to play it. And the banjo book that I had was written by one of the speakers for our class. I thought, oh, wow, God. this is serendipitous. Yes. One of my favorite words. I use at least once or twice a year. And, <laughs> and so then uh, getting into the mountain dulcimer, which was the only musical instrument in the world invented slash developed by the Pennsylvania Germans. thought, wow, this is pretty neat. And I could even learn some Pennsylvania Dutch songs because there weren't too many people singing them in those days. Yeah. So one thing led to another, et cetera, et cetera. So I went from <laughs> pop rock to folk, Pennsylvania Dutch, and then back to pop rock again. And I kept playing guitar and other instruments. So the second time, same people, I played lead guitar and my brother played with the guitar. So all those songs from the 50s and 60s and 70s, I know most of them, played most oh, wow. of them, yada, yada, yada. So I have a, a wide range of musical tastes and abilities. That's so and cool. That's, that's how I got into all that stuff and went on from there. That's so fascinating because I just imagined because you're so talented in music and so many different instruments that you had been doing it since you were like two or something. That's a really interesting. Just imagine how that reset the course of your life, you know? That's very cool. That's really neat. That's interesting. And kind of reminds me of, um, you know, Frida Kahlo, the artist, the Mexican artist. Okay. Are you Sounds familiar with her? Yeah. Yep. She had a really, really terrible accident when she was younger and it sort of started, prom, prom, prompted her art exploration as well. But yeah, that's really very, a very cool story. Thank you for sharing. So as a side light, there's yeah. a pond here somewhere, just wait. Well, next time you go through breezy corners, they had been bugging and bugging and bugging officials to put a traffic light there for years. No, wow. no, it's not that important. Within a couple months after my accident there, now there's a traffic light there. Wow. I always call that my traffic light. Yes, yes. There should be like an official plaque or something for you in honor <laughs> of you. That's really amazing that you survived. That's very, very scary. It it's totally yeah. amazing. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so were you, so your family wasn't very musical, meaning like your parents weren't musical? They, they were, were not, uh, not playing my, right. uh, they were, they were fanatical hoedowners. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and my older brother also, my older brother was, had a, a big swing music record collection. I mean, I heard it all from Benny Goodman, Glenn Miller, Tommy Dorsey, Jimmy Dorsey. I heard it all. Uh, so like I say, I'm familiar with a lot of kinds of music, and uh, but he, he never played anything. And we tried to get our children. Well, our daughter and son took piano lessons for about a year. Mm -hmm. Our daughter did passable. Our son didn't do very good, very well. Then he took sax lessons uh, through the school for about a year, and thought if he practiced ten minutes a couple times a week, he'd be fine really bad yep i know <laughs> i have that in my house i know <laughs> <laughs> but you're raising a bunch of artists right i hope so lord have mercy because i don't know i mean this core curriculum's really doing it it's really a doozy keith oh, man, really a doozy. online stuff wow well tough. just the whole lot of it the whole universal curriculum is really terrifying to me as an as an educator and you know i'm like a Montessori spirit. And I, I believe kids need to learn through play and definitely the arts. I mean, we're thankfully in a great district, um, but 
there the pacing's a lot. It's it's a very intense pacing and it gives me anxiety for my kids because there's not a lot of time for reflection on what you've just learned or practice of what you've just learned or just letting children be creative. It's just it's 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 tough. It's tough. If I had the patience for them, I'd homeschool, but I don't. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just like that famous old story of the tourist who went to New York City, wanted to go see a big concert at Carnegie Hall, and he couldn't find a place. He saw a pedestrian pull over to the curb, roll down the window, and he says, excuse me, sir, can you tell me how to get to Carnegie Hall? And the guy looked at him and said, practice, son, practice. <laughs> Oh, we need a laugh. Thank you, Keith. That's very good. Um, yeah, I'm hoping these kids are artists because we want to pass on the tradition for sure. I mean, part of this book that I'm working on, it's about Pennsylvania Dutch folk art and kitsch and um, design. So it's supposed to be working towards um, what I studied for three years for my okay. MFA. Um, and, you know, what's neat about it is I'm kind of following some of the families that it was like the dynasties, you know, like the Claypools and and the huh? Vargins and um, who else? You know, there's a whole bunch of them, but oh, yeah. that's really spe special and sacred, I think, um, especially in our culture that I've experienced is the modern day families that have been carrying on this tradition. So that's really, really fascinating and important to me. So my kids are all involved and I know, um, you know, depending on what their interests are, my oldest is very interested in making money. So she always helps me at the first fest for that reason. <laughs> so, hey, whatever it takes. I mean, I'm not trying to raise a capitalist, but if it gets me help at the folk fest, I mean, it is like the hardest thing to live through. But no, I'm just kidding. It is hot though. I will often pass Keith by um, during the folk fest. Just, you know, I'll be hustling somewhere and you'll be hustling somewhere. And it's so hot and you're in these these suits and I'm just like, Keith, you're just a rock star. This is incredibly hot right now. Especially when you do your doctor, um, help me out. Von Witzel Schnutz. No, help me. Doctor. I don't know where you're Witzel going. Witzel Schutz and your reenactment of um, the bag. Dr. Witzel sucht. Yes, yes. It's a hot, it's a hot outfit. And you, you take it like a boss. Very, very impressive. And so entertaining. I mean, folks, when you get a chance to get out or go online and look back at some of Keith's uh, performances, it's a wonderful show. Um, a really great entertainer, not just a musician, a really great entertainer. The whole show is a, is a really great experience. And please tell us a couple things, where we can find you and follow you. And also, what are all the projects that you've done? Let's like go through them. Um, so we have the Toad Creek Ramblers. And then we have, um, where's my CD? The project that you did with your wife, but what else have you done? Um, I know uh, Dave is like in fifteen different bands. Uh, so it's <laughs> Keith least. and Car right? Keith and Keith and Carlene Brinsonhoff. And then what? What other projects have you been involved in? Well, the uh, Peppernut Schnapps, right? <laughs> yeah, another one. <laughs> the band did a did a tape years ago, and Dave's down there, and Mitch Miller and uh, jo Joanne Zuber. And Ted Fenstermacher, we had two fiddle players on that one. And uh, that's only on cassette tape. I have like a dozen of them left or something like that. Oh, and wow. And then the CD that my wife and I did. And then I did another CD for local, popular local songs, mostly English, some instrumental, one Pennsylvania Dutch. And Mitch Miller played fiddle. And Mike Kirchhoff played banjo. And I played auto harp and guitar. And 
that has a bunch of neat stuff on it. I think it has peppermint schnapps on that one too. Oh, neat. Which for people who don't know, that is my uh, English Dutch version of Margaritaville by my personal <laughs> favorite contemporary singer songwriter, some guy named Jimmy Buffett. And okay. I did a few years ago, I was at the original Margaritaville restaurant in Key West, Florida. I had a cheeseburger in paradise and the best margarita I had in my life. Wow, I was that's in awesome. heaven. <laughs> oh, that's neat. That would have been, I thought you were going to say you performed the song for us, for the audience. Nope. <laughs> you broke out into song. That's so cool, Keith. And, and not to mention the participation or the, the, um, you have your hand in the Lions Fiddle Festival as well. Right. Right. That's okay. I can edit this out if you need a minute. <laughs> Oh, nope, oh, nope. I just had a little message from my wife. That's all. Oh, good. Hopefully, so, yeah, good news. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably one of only two or three people who helped start the Lions Fiddle Festival because we're up to like 36 wow. or 37 years. Uh, yeah, I was a lot younger then. And uh, <laughs> I am the uh, MC and uh, I am the band leader and the music coordinator, which makes sure everything is organized and make the bands get up there and make sure they stop on time and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so it's, it's big... been fun. I've had, a, I've had lower four or five different co-MCs during that time period. Randy Schleckel was one, uh, he helped start it. He was, is the mayor of Lyons. And oh, wow. uh, Uncle Jeffrey from Lehigh Valley oh, yeah. was sure. up to, well, a few years ago. And last year it was Sarah Larson, who was one of the grand champions and she is fantastic. So awesome. it's been fun. We couldn't do it this past year for the obvious reason. Right. Hopefully we'll be able to do it next year, but we'll have to wait yes. and see. That's an incredible event as well. Um, so very cool. And also involved in the great Pennsylvania music and arts celebration in Allentown. And you helped start that. I get that off the ground running. Right, right. That's we had a very it cool years. event too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was Memorial Day weekend uh, at the Allentown Fairgrounds. And uh, uh, I helped organize it. I hired a bunch of performers. I did a couple of shows myself, different things by myself and with the band and so on. And one of the highlights of that for me was I got to meet Alex Meixner. Now, if that name doesn't ring a bell, Alex Meixner is one of the best accordion players in the world. Wow. Grammy nominee and so on and so forth. And uh, his father was inducted to the Polka Music Hall of Fame in Cleveland uh, a year or two ago. And a couple of years ago, Alex had jobs in Texas, took the midnight red eye into Allentown so he could come for the last day, which is Memorial Day on the Monday. And by coincidence, uh, the Lions Fiddle Festival Band and the Champions were the last show on the outside stage. So he, sh he showed, there, showed up there to say hi and so on and so forth and he wanted to play with us so oh. i had to teach him the last song which is a fiddle tune called soldier's joy so another one of my highlights i got to teach a grammy nominee a song <laughs> that's so cool and he came up on stage and played with us soldier's joy fiddle banjo so cool. uh, guitar auto harp bass and accordion it was fantastic and we stayed in tune since in fact he gave a couple personal private concerts for like 15 20 people and one of the concerts, one of the songs he did was a song his father wrote called Katrina's Waltz. I said, wow, 
that's our daughter's name. Yeah, that's so So neat. I said, can you send it to me? So he emailed it to me, and then I forwarded it to our daughter. There you have it, Katrina's Walls. That's so cool. So, oh, that's so, yeah. that's so special. And, you know, we really like that too, Hunter and I, because, you know, people sleep on the Lehigh County, you know? People sleep on it and think that Brooks is the only thing that has, has it going on. But really, I mean, I will say for sure, hands down, some of my favorite hex signs in the whole world are in Lehigh. Huh? I love them so much. I love the simplicity, the, the red and the white. Um, and there's so much history there. And I was really excited to to see that event um, coming to into formation because, um, you know, it was like, it's not just Kutztown, you know? And, and other people need to experience it. And what's neat, um, bending the first year was the people that came in that had like no prior knowledge of, of the connections and, and being able to interact with those people. Like I said, I miss, miss the folk so much and, and being at vending events because I, I really enjoy that as a teacher. I really enjoy interacting with people and, and getting to teach them things and also getting to them to teach me what are they interested in seeing and what do they like about my work? Because that's something with folk art that dif difference, that differentiate, wait, what do I want? Um, that's something with folk art that's different than fine art because you're not just making art for yourself, you're making art for the folk and you want them to be happy with it. And similarly, I'm sure with you um, and your musical career and path, you know, you've taken some feedback and, and seen what people have enjoyed. And definitely when you do um, the, different sh the different skits and stuff, I, re I really think that's, that's something that people will always say it was really a highlight for them to see. So it's a big event on the main stage when, when you go on, so. I always kind of scooch over there and <laughs> leave my leave my little booth and go check it out. Um, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, one one year, one of the stories I told a friend of mine was a volunteer at the folk festival. He was sitting in the audience. He said, "Boy, when you told one story and told the punchline, the lady in front of me was cracking up so much she fell off the bench." <laughs> oh my gosh, that's such good. That's such a good compliment to you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's really cool Keith thank you so much for joining me today this was so much fun to catch up with you and and to tell you some things that you know they stay inside my brain and I'm like well of course Keith knows how wonderful he is and what an impact he's made but you know I think as all of us um that are so busy sometimes you know and maybe you know don't always stop to think about what an impact we've had you know it's nice to hear I'm sure that um personally that you've made a huge impact on me and my experience in the culture and you know making me feel really accepted and, and appreciated and and we really value that in you and also all your all your so 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 entertaining and all the different things that you do for us and keeping the, the language going and being such a an easy person to learn it from and not it was never it never felt like a chore to go to class even though it's hard to learn a language it was always something to look forward to it was like a whole experience and and we would just really appreciate that so much i know i still talk to some of the people that i was in class with and it's really nice um ruth Hahn, she 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 and i stay in touch so it was really fun good i'm glad yeah yeah for sure so never a chore always a fun experience give you a charming and lovely husband a hug and a kiss from me. I sure will. I sure will. <laughs> he prefer one from you, not from me. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he's so angry with me because I basically have like said, no, we're pretty much not going to bend until this sort of passes a bit more. And he's just like ready to get out. He's the one that he really loves it. If I like it and I love it, he like loves it. He loves it so much. 
it's his thing, but I will give him your um, big hug and kiss. <laughs> He'll be excited. I'll be the first one for 10 months. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder though, you know? I don't know how people got through it when they'd have to be hunkered down together for so long. They're just listening to a book about the pilgrims and, ooh, we are very blessed though to be going through this when we are so that we have the technology and we have the, the, the blessings that we have. So I am grateful on that note. And Keith, before we go, I feel like you have something to say, but before we go, I want you to teach us how to say happy Thanksgiving before we go. But you tell me what you had something to say. Frelika, dog, dog. Happy Thanksgiving. Frelika, dog, dog. Frelika, dog, dog? Dunk dog. Dunk dog? Dunk dog. Dunk is thanks, like dunker. Dog, yeah, yeah. And dog is day. I said dunk. All right. Frolica? Free. Frolica? Frolica. Dunk dog. Dunk dog. Frolica, dunk dog. Frolica, dunk dog. Am I supposed to do the, am I supposed to do the, is that necessary? It's up to you, Frelika. I like him. <laughs> Frelika, dunk dog. It's hard for Americans to say some. Frelika, dunk dog. Give up. Give, dunk give dog. up. <laughs> Thanks for not giving up on me, Keith. <laughs> no problem. You're oh, worthwhile. Good. Oh, thank you. And and to say goodbye, we make good, right? Is that correct? We make good. Max good. Literally, make it good. It's Max is. This contraction there is for S. Literally, it would be mach S good. But people don't say mach S good. They use the contracted form, mach S good. Mach S good. Yes. That's the only, that's the only thing Dutch, I can kind of... In Dutch, we occasionally do use an apostrophe. Oh! <laughs> not. Getting fancy. <laughs> that's right. Sometimes we are linguistically oriented. Sometimes, once in a while. Well, listen, I am so grateful for you coming and thank you for all the things that you do. And thank you for keeping a sense of humor when we're learning this difficult language because it kept me going, honestly. It was a lot of fun. Good. I'm glad you are grateful alive, not grateful dead. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank, thank you for you. joining us. Oh, where can people no find problem. you? Where can people find you? Do you have a website? www.toadcreekmusic.com. Okay. Okay, T-O-A-D-C-R-E-E-K-M-U-S-I-C.com. I found it. You got it. And can or people... if you want to see some, you want to see some music and entertainment, you can just Google Pennsylvania German music or PA German music. Not Pennsylvania Dutch, you get some clown in Pittsburgh, but oh. Pennsylvania German music. Okay, yes. you got and it. There's, there's some video clips and other stuff on there, especially from the uh, Pennsylvania Humanities Council when I was a speaker for them. So, oh, cool. Yeah. And, and to get some of the, some of the stuff, uh, they can go to uh, Mastoff, yes? Still carries the CDs? Mastoff carries the CDs. Okay, cool. Yep. Awesome. So so does Firefly Bookstore in Kutztown. Oh, yeah, my buddies. I love them. Okay, so if you're close, Firefly has them. Or Mastoff, you can also order. I bet you can order from Firefly, too, online. Probably, if you're not yeah. too close. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Well, thanks so much again, Keith. It was such a pleasure talking to you.
I want to be the first to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Thank and you. Listen carefully. I hope you get what you deserve. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I do too. Not the what. Well, listen, and congratulations. Well deserved. What an honor and, and a wonderful person. Please check out all the wonderful things Keith does. And hopefully we'll see you soon at the Folk Fest, right? Soon enough, right? Hope so. Yes. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Yes. Mox good. Yeah, yeah. Mox Bessa. Mox Bessa. <laughs> Nick Bessa. There you go. There you go. Bye. Bye, Keith. Bye. I'll send you a link and stuff, okay? When this is up. LinkedIn. Oh, a LinkedIn, okay. <laughs> and I'll tag you on the post, okay? Good. I'll be it. All right. Thanks, Keith. Take care of yourself. Yep. You too.